Hello, and welcome to the Lighthouse Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you to live your life well. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can jump on our website at differentlight.com.au and click the connect button. Or could we encourage you to consider supporting our work by clicking on the giving button? Thanks so much for listening. I'm really excited about this this next theme. It is, as Andy said, I think really crucial. If um, if ever there was a time for us as Christians to know and understand what we believe, it is probably now because the world is asking a lot of questions. And so I'm really excited about what we're going to be talking about over these next few weeks. And I want us to turn to a passage of scripture, Second Peter, uh, chapter one, verses three to nine. I want us to read this together. It's it's a beautiful passage. It says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need to live a godly life. We've been singing about him. We've been looking to him. And what a beautiful thing it is, and and, and not to be taken for granted, that God has given us everything that we need to live a godly life. And, you know, if you're here this morning and you're not sure whether you're a follower of Christ, you're not not sure about this God stuff, um, this is... This will explain what it is to live as a follower of Christ and what it is we believe. It says, we have received all this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvellous glory and excellence. Again, what a beautiful thing it is that he's called us, that we have the privilege of knowing him and it's all about him and his magnificence. Because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share in his divine nature. He's given us his ways. He's spoken to us about this life. He's given us certain promises to live by so that we can escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. And it doesn't take much to have a look at our world today, does it? and see the problems that we live in, the levels of pain that people live in, the, the wars, the, the starvation, the, the illnesses, the, the, the mental struggles, the, the relationship struggles. The world around us has problems. And the Bible says that it's corrupt and it's been corrupted by human desires. What, what we see in this world has nothing to do with the heart of God and what he wants for humanity. And I think it's really important to remind ourselves of that. Our God gave us a beautiful and perfect world and he gave us the ability to look after it and to rule in it. And what we see around us is the product of our humanity and how we treat one another and how how we look to human desire rather than God's desire. And so the amazing apostle... Peter, as he's speaking to a group of believers, he says, in view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a general provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness And godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everybody. Sounds like you and me, yeah? (laughs) 
But this is the instruction that he's giving to us. And that's, that's why we're doing a theme like this, yeah? The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then it says, but those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins, forgetting our position in life, that it is a wonderful and marvellous God, an incredible God who has rescued us and given us the way in which to live our lives, the promises. He has given us everything that we need to live a godly life. And when we do that, when we pursue that, then we can avoid the worldly corruption and living by human desire. There's a contrast to the way in which we live our lives. This is my vacuum cleaner. It's a new vacuum cleaner. I'm pretty happy with it because, you know, we've just moved here and we don't have a lot of carpet. I've had a lot of vacuum cleaners in my lifetime, expensive ones, cheap ones, whatever. I'm pretty happy with this one. (laughs) Um, It it works really well. I, I, I recommend it. But if I was to say to you that it's, it's not perfect, right? There, there's, it's not a very good hairdryer. It's not very good at mixing my cakes. And it's really bad at making coffee. And I'm pretty sure if we had that conversation, you would say to me, but Maylin, it's a vacuum cleaner. It wasn't actually designed to make you coffee. There's someone in some office who put this together and I think he did a pretty good job to suck up dust. And if I was, you know, how silly would I be to insist that, no, but I want a hairdryer. I want it to dry my hair. And, you know, humanity is pretty clever these days. There are some pretty clever people. I reckon if I had enough money, I could give this to some wing-bang, you know, designer, clever person and he could remodel it to make it a hairdryer for me. It wouldn't be the best hairdryer, I don't think, because it wasn't originally designed to be a hairdryer and it possibly might malfunction. It could be done. It's a good vacuum cleaner. It came with a user manual. I'm a woman. I used the user manual (laughs) to work out how to make the thing function well and that's why I'm so happy with it. it. It's really useful. But it had a designer who said, you are a vacuum cleaner and this is the best way you can be a vacuum cleaner and here's the user manual to show you how to function to the best of your ability. And so it is with our life as believers. We believe in the creator designer, the one God who created this world and humanity you and I, and he didn't just create it in a general sense, he created every single one of us as beautiful individuals. The Bible tells us that that before we were matter in our mother's womb, in the mind of God, he conceived who we would be and he knew us and he has created us wonderful craftsmanship, created us beautifully. We believe that the designer of all designers put us together, that he made us, that we are marvellously and wonderfully made. And, and I understand in my own life, 
you get to the point where you realise I had absolutely no control over whether I would be born. I had no control over where I would be born, what I would look like and all the rest of it and I have no control as to when I leave. I really don't have a lot of control in this world but that's okay because I'm looking to the master designer, the creator who actually made me and he has given us a user manual. It's the Bible and it is the most incredible book in the world. That's why we look to the Bible, because that's how we find out our purpose in this world and it's also where we find out how humanity will best function in this world. And I've gotten to the point where I don't want to be so silly as to tell the designer how I function, who I am and what my purpose is. Because I've got to be humble about it and realise I have absolutely no power. I didn't bring myself into this world and I won't take myself out. So it's the reality of our existence as human beings. It gives us a sense of purpose. And as we look through all these things of what we believe and, and why we believe them and why we believe the Bible and all, all, all of what we will talk about, it's so important that we remember our purpose in God. Why do we need to know all this stuff? What does the Bible say about our purpose? What does it matter if we really understand what we believe? I love Jesus' example to us in how he lived his life here on earth. We know he came to die and pay the price for what we had done wrong. But he also lived 33 and a half years here on planet Earth, which he didn't need to live simply to die. He could have come, been born, innocent blood, shed it, and our sins are forgiven. But there's 33 and a half years of living that he has modelled to us. And I think it's really important as followers of Christ to understand what he has modelled to us. But as he gets to the end of his life, he talks about his, his purpose and it's how the Bible explains to us this is, this is why human beings are on planet Earth. And Jesus, he knows he's going to die. He knows he's going to leave his friends and his family. And he prays a prayer in John chapter 17. It's, it's a beautiful prayer and he says a lot of things in that prayer. It's uh, John chapter 17 verse 5. It'll be on the screen. He says, Now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. I have revealed you to the ones you gave me from this world. They were always yours. You gave them to me and they have kept your word for I have passed on to them the message you gave me. They accepted it and know that I came from you and they believe you sent me. I just find it so interesting that of all the amazing things that Jesus did, preached to thousands of people, fed thousands of people miraculously, blind being healed, raising people from the dead, the lame walking, lepers healed, coming face to face with the religious authorities, coming face to face with the Roman authorities, of all the amazing things that he did in his last moments when he speaks to God about achieving what it is that his heavenly father asked for him, what he says is, I have revealed you to the ones that you gave me. 
That is our purpose here on planet Earth. If you're a believer, if you're a follower of Christ, our single purpose here on Earth is that we would reveal God to those who don't know him. That we would reveal God by the way that we live our lives according to his ways and the words that we say. That is our God-given purpose according to the Bible. You know, Jesus, he goes and he dies and then in Acts chapter 2, we hear the Holy Spirit comes as the believers are worried and scared and praying and the Holy Spirit comes upon them and the Bible tells us he came upon every single believer. That's the big difference between Old Testament and New Testament, that you are now a believer who has the Holy Spirit, that every single one of us are priests, that every single one of us carry the responsibility to do what Jesus has asked us to do. Holy Spirit didn't just fall on the the leaders and the gifted people. Every single believer in the place, that is our purpose. And the outworking of the Holy Spirit falling upon every single believer was that they spoke the wonders of God in the heart language of people who didn't know God. There it is for you and me this morning. And if we need to know how to live our lives so that people can look and see and maybe ask some questions. When they ask, we need to know what to say. And the Bible helps us when we know and we understand what it is that he is asking of us. We understand our purpose and we know where to go to function as human beings. So why do we trust the Bible then? We're basically saying it's it's all in the Bible and and it's important that we know what's in there. Well, there are lots of reasons. The first one would have to be by faith, knowing who our God is, we trust in it. Yeah? But there are some really practical reasons that we might look at in terms of following the Bible. First of all, it claims to be the word of God. And great scripture in 2 Timothy verse chapter 3 verse 16 it says all scripture is inspired by God all scripture we accept it all or not at all together we believe that God inspired every single word in the Bible and it is useful to teach us what is true to make us realize what is wrong in our lives it corrects us when we are wrong let's note there are Times when we are wrong and we need correction, and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. That's what the Bible does for us. It is 66 books uh, written over a period of 1500 years by, you know, probably about 35 different authors, and the Bible has this amazing continuity of thought all the way through it, where they're all those different writers, and over that time, they're, they're, they're not contradicting one another. There's the same themes going through, and they're backing each other all the way through. It is a supernatural, phenomenal book like no other book on planet Earth. The Bible is highly predictive. 25% of the Bible is predictive. There are something like 1,800 prophecies in the Bible and to date about 50% of those prophecies have already been fulfilled. There is no other religious writing quite like the Bible. It is one of the most scrutinised books in the world as well. 
because of its claims, and we know its claims, people claim it to be life-changing. People claim it to speak directly to them and, and, and to give them a whole new perspective and absolutely change their thinking. So it has been scrutinised by experts constantly down through the years, and yet none of them have managed to discredit it. And you know, it still remains today the world's best-selling piece of literature ever. It is no ordinary book. Beyond our faith and our trust in our God, this book is supernatural. The Bible speaks of scientific revelation before scientists had any idea of any of the things. It's amazing. It spoke about the rain cycle the earth as a sphere, that, that it floats in space, that light moves, that the ocean floor is made of valleys and mountains, that there are many stars and each one is individual, that blood is the source of life, that air has weight. All this stuff was in the Bible before humanity had a clue about any of it. It's a supernatural book written by God. It has incredible archaeological support for the things that it writes about. It has incredible historical support. There is more historical evidence for the existence of Jesus Christ than there is Julius Caesar. It's a phenomenal book and yet we would learn about Julius Caesar in, in, in history class and not even question. Well, how about we learn about Jesus in history class because I've got to tell you it's all backed up more than the majority of writings from that era. It is 2,000 years on and still the world's bestseller. The accuracy of the manuscripts of the original writings that we have is phenomenal. The book is well evidenced in a worldly sense, but in a spiritual sense, it really is the word of God and the truth for us. And when we have such a magnificent God as we've been talking about all morning, it's so crucial that we honour him and his ways and what he is asking of us and what he is describing to us because we're, we're, we're the same as the vacuum cleaner. We actually have no say and the designer always knows better. So you might say, well, I've been a Christian for a while and sometimes I've noticed that we change what we believe, the Bible says. There's been, you know, maybe a few little things where we thought we believed this and then somebody said, oh, no, well, we've really looked at that and we're going to change it. An example of that is slavery. There was a season in life in, for, for humanity where Christians would have thought it was perfectly okay to have slaves. And then if you look down through history, there was also another process where uh, as human intellect developed and grew, which it has been doing through the years, our IQ keeps growing and growing, we keep thinking faster and faster, we have the capacity to know and understand things that we didn't have hundreds of years ago. And when that happened uh, with, with, you know, the slave trade, it was Christians who actually rose up and said, actually, we think both culturally and biblically, we are doing the wrong thing and we need to change the way we behave. And they did. They, they fought and they changed society on the issue. It has happened. It does happen. Not very often, considering it's over 2,000 years. And the, the, the major pillars of our faith have not changed. That Jesus is the Son of God has never 
been in question biblically. So we're not talking about, you know, things, the, the, the major things. But sometimes cultural things do pop up. And, and so it makes us think, well, do we still believe this? It, can I still stand on this belief or, is, or culturally are we going to change what we believe? And when that happens, when there have been changes, it's not like a group of Christians sitting around coffee saying, oh, I'm not sure whether this fits in. Or, you know, the people around us, they don't like the way we do this, so maybe we should change it. When it happens, when you have those changes, we're talking about, you know, the, the billions of Christians around the world, the scholarly, the intellectual ones, the ones who understand uh, ancient uh, biblical culture and the ones who understand ancient biblical language and the ones that know how to translate into our current language, the clever people, they get together and they start investigating and they start talking about it and they start producing papers and they start writing about it and they do check. They do check what we believe. And so as we go through these pillars that, that we'll be talking about, it's not my ideas, it's, it's not Andy, Elise and Josh in their office having a chat, so what do we believe? We're talking about pillars of our faith that have been investigated by the people who know what they're talking about. And in an era as we grow in intellect, we keep relooking at stuff. And you can read about it. When, when I have questions, I will go and take the responsibility and read and research and find out if I'm worried. But for you and for me this morning, we are not people who are blown about by the wind. We stand strong on what our glorious God has given to us and has spoken to us. And what we stand strong on, we can be confident that it's intelligent that it's been cleverly and properly researched if it's been brought into question. Romans 12 verse 2 says this, don't copy the behaviour and the customs of this world. And our world has a very loud voice and would question who we are as Christians and what we believe. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. We think like our God thinks, not like the world thinks. And we want to be confident to, to have a different opinion at times. It's not always going to be culturally acceptable. And it says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. We are purposed to live out our lives according to his ways. And if we do that, then people around us will see a difference in us. And then when they ask, when they ask us, when they see you moving in love and care and kindness, and they say, why? Why do you do this? When they see the way you live your life, your family, your marriage, your friendships, why are you so blessed? When they're asking, then we can give an account of what we believe and know that it's out of honour to who our God is. Thank you for listening to the Lighthouse Podcast. We hope this message brings inspiration and encouragement to your day. If you want to check out any of our other podcasts or the work that we do or when and where we gather, jump on our website, a differentlight.com.au. Catch you later.